Hello everyone, I am District 4 Commissioner Marlene Foscue, and you are listening to Better Together with Commissioner Foscue, where my guests and I share ideas and discuss issues impacting Gwinnett County. In today's episode, I am sitting down with my colleague, District 1 Commissioner Kirkland Carden, to talk about his journey to becoming one of the youngest elective leaders in Gwinnett and his plans for District 1, which includes Duluth, Swanee, Sugar Hill, and portions of Norcross. Okay, welcome to Better Together, Commissioner Carden. Let's talk about your background a little bit. Sure, definitely. Um, I'm a 17-year resident of Gwinnett County proud graduate of Duluth High School. I'm originally from Ohio, born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I guess uh, after Duluth High School, I went on to Georgia State University where I studied political science. But prior to that, very few people know, I actually got my associate's degree um, in audio engineering from the Art Institute of Atlanta. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I also know that you are the eldest of five siblings. That is correct. What does it feel like? Um, did you feel any pressures, first of all, being the oldest, meaning you had to set certain standards? Did you feel that type of pressure? I felt like I kind of grew any to any kind of pressure that, you know, I felt as the oldest of five. Uh, and it wasn't anything that I gave too much thought to. It was just, you know, something you just do, you grow into. But with that said, I think it helped shape me as a young man, as a leader, because those leadership qualities that... I bring to my professional or political role, I find they were uh, uh, groomed or seated being the oldest of five children. So are you saying that your siblings, especially the youngest one, listen to you? At times, yeah. <laughs> they have to. Shoot, I was the babysitter. Hell. Well, yeah, And I think we have a good relationship with the five of us. So, uh, yeah. So though, though you are, although you are a newly elected county commissioner, you're not new to public service, which is what you said. That's correct. And you served as a Duluth City Councilman and also as a government employee. What or who influenced your interest in public service? Yeah, so, you know, prior to serving on the uh, Gwinnett County Commission, I did serve two plus years on the Duluth City Council. I served on post two. It was a wonderful experience. And for my full time job, I worked with the Georgia Department of Transportation, working in the Office of Environmental Services. So, you know, public service has been something that, you know, I've chosen as a career path. I chose it as a career path because I find it rewarding. You know, I'm one of those young people that want to try to make the world a better place. And I saw working in the public sector was a way to do so. Okay. One of my favorite poems is from 1950. No, I wasn't born there, but it's from 1950. And it's by Robert Frost. It's called The Road Not Taken. Mm-hmm. And it's about two roads diverged out of a yellow wood, and sorry, I could not travel both. The key is, when you're on your road in your life, do you take the road most traveled, or do you take the road least traveled, and why? That's a good question. Um, especially the oldest of five, I think sometimes in life I always take the road least traveled, because I had to be the trailblazer to make sure that path was stable, um, and for those that come after me. And that wasn't just as the oldest of five, that would, you know, also in politics. You know, I was the first person of color elected to the Duluth City Council. So I I think that was a road uh, very few attempted to travel down. Okay, good, good, good. I experienced the same thing, as you know, um, 
being the first African American district commissioner, mm-hmm. that was definitely a road that was least traveled. That was huge, so, yeah. yes. So, what has been your experience transition from city to county government? Well, I've really been, you know, fortunate. I feel really fortunate that uh, this has been an ideal political transition between our leadership. You know, I see a lot of the negativity uh, that goes on the national level that's on our cable news. And I was just thankful that, you know, I've had an opportunity to, you know, be prepared, have a handoff from people like Jace and Charlotte. And I've been really floored by how professional and the staff has been mm-hmm. in making sure that we're ready uh, to have all the tools we need to be successful. Uh, but with that said, I think one of the biggest things in this transition coming from a city of 30,000 people with 167 full and part-time employees to a district of nearly a quarter of a million people mm-hmm. and a budget of 1.9 with over 5,000 employees is just huge. It, it's The workload has just increased tenfold. But, you know, I knew what I signed up for, and I'm anxious to have the opportunity to serve. So since you mentioned our budget, which is one of my questions, too, mm-hmm. um, what priorities or goals do you have for District 1 since you know that we have a budget of the $1.9 billion that we adopted earlier, one of the first responsibilities you had since yeah. you came into office? What priorities or goals do you have for D- District 1? Great question. Um, first thing that comes to mind is public safety. And that's one of the top three issues I campaigned on. And when I had an opportunity to review the crime report that comes from our police department mm-hmm. for the month of December, one of the things that was discouraging to me is that crime is has increased, not just you know across the district, across the nation, but definitely in District 1. And if you look as a percentage, we've seen an increase in homicides, property crimes, arsons, theft, etc. And I definitely want to you know, make sure that our budget reflects that public safety priority and making sure we're working with staff to communicate to our general population what we're doing to address the situation. Okay. And this question is just because of what I've observed in a short amount of time with you. Um, I notice when we go to meetings and other places, you take a notebook with you. Yes. Why do you use the method of that method of taking notes versus an iPad or on your phone? Because this is a generational type question, perhaps. You know, I'm like the only millennial that you will probably meet that prefers a blue note, a blue ink pen and a notepad. That's why I'm and, asking And that's question. just my form of taking notes. I just find that easier just to, to, to jot things down. I will probably say is I write cursive. So if you ever look at my notepad, you see I, very few people can read it. But it just allows me just to get information quick and, and just record it down. And part of it is probably because, you know, I did go to the art school. Okay. So, you know, maybe there's something with that. Just, you know, my cursive, some people tell me, is kind of creative or kind of messy. So I don't know. Maybe because I'm a left brain kind of a person. I'm not entirely sure. But, yeah, I, I do use a notepad. Yeah, I don't even – I can't even read my own writing. So I tend to want to write things out on an iPad. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Mm-hmm. And then once we come back from the break, we will continue our conversation. Gwinnett Community Services has launched a new inclusive publication called In Gwinnett, which combines the Gwinnett Life, the Gwinnett Extend, and the One Stop Program Guides into one publication to help make more information available and accessible to residents. In Gwinnett features a list of programs, events, and services offered by community services and community partners and visitors of all ages and abilities. 
Plus, we've added more information with, about services with animal welfare and enforcement and voter registration and elections. The first issue covers programs and events through June of 2021. To keep residents safe, many of the programs and events are virtual or are adjusted to meet COVID-19 guidelines. Check out the guide by visiting gcga.us slash or you can search and register for activities at GwinnettCommunityServices.com. Now, back to Commissioner Foscu. Well, thank you for those announcements. Now, to get back to you, over the last month, we made several appointments or reappointments to numerous advisory boards, authorities, and committees that help us make informative policy decisions. What has guided you and your approach when you make those appointments? Great question. The first thing that guides my decision when appointing somebody to some of these important boards is professionalism. If you look at all the people, men and women that I've appointed, that have some kind of professional background that I think will make them an asset to that board, authority, or committee. And then the second thing I look for is looking to get people involved in county government who hadn't been in the past. And there's many different reasons why they weren't. You know, I find, you know, in county government, a lot of people view us as very nebulous. They don't know we exist, don't know what we do. Mm-hmm. So I think those boards and authorities are a good way to get somebody who's sharp, professional, and say, great, I need you to translate that private sector skill set to the public sector. That's good. Earlier we talked about, you know, you mentioned about leadership skills. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge proponent of strengthening my leadership skills. So I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of um implementing of the things I've learned and trained, and I'm now, this year, I'm beginning to develop other leaders. What are some of the things you may do as a leader to expand your leadership skills, and how do you think that will assist you in leading in District 1? Definitely. I I learn from people. You know, I learn from my colleagues. I learn from y'all. As you saw, I take notes. Like, I literally, (laughs) I take notes, Um, and I listen. I think that's the best thing you can do. Um, you know, I really do learn a lot working with people like yourself and Jasper, and I try to take those comments, take that experience and help it help me create or craft my leadership skills. Great, great. And I have great mentors. I definitely want to mention that I have a great group of people who I can lean on to help me with those leadership decisions to help fine tune my leadership. So how are you paying that forward? That's a great question. Well, some of these people that I appoint to different boards and authorities, you know, those are people that I'm pushing to step up and get involved. So are you mentoring or just trying to give them exposure to the jobs at hand? A little bit of both, right? You know, I'm very, you know, straightforward with people and saying I will not be in this position forever. And when that time comes where I move on and do something else in life, I would like for there to be a sharp group of people. I like for there to be a bench of people who can step up and serve in county and municipal government when that opportunity is available. And that ties into my next question, too, that Gwinnett County, we know, is considered the most diverse county in southeast in the United States, but mm-hmm. not just in, based on ethnicity, but also in age. Um, also in social economic, um, you know, gender. What, what role do you see yourself participating in to bridge the gap, to bring more unity to Gwinnett? Definitely. No, I try to do that every single day, you know, whether it be through my personal life or my political career. 
I definitely think my role in that to bridge some of the diversity is generational. You know, uh, again, you know, through my leadership in Duluth, a lot of times I was the youngest person in the room oh, wow. when these conversations were being had. And again, we talk about that path of the least traveled. You know, I try my best to set a good example for young people coming after me. And when I'm there, I've always tried to be intentional about creating space for the next man or woman. So when they come in, it will be easier for them. So do you think that no's or denials are just delays? Or do you find another way to come back and say, let me try to present this idea again? Oh, yeah, the second. I definitely come back. You know, I think that's part of legislating. I think that's part of deal making. That's part of governing. You know, if you say no, I'm like, okay, great. What can we do to address your concern? And I find, you know, and my experience working in local government, that's the better path to take because what you get is something that's stronger, something that's been better vetted, something that addresses all those concerns. So definitely anytime it's a policy proposal, and we've done this in our group, you know, in some of our private discussions in executive session in public, you know, Kirk comes with an idea, you know, Jasper comments on it, fine tunes it, Ben comes with a different perspective on it, and you chime in and then boom, what we get, I think is something stronger than the original proposal. So what I hear that you just said is really about problem solving. So do you look at problem, do you look at leadership as problem solving? Yes. I think a good leader um, works, governs from consensus to solve the problems that face them in their community. Great. Okay. So when this comes out, it's going to be Women's History Month Mm -hmm. in March. So can you share a story about a woman or women who may have inspired you in your life. Definitely. And one should be your mother. No, no. There's, there's <laughs> I'm three women. I'm going to shout out three. But the okay. first one I'm going to shout out is Mayor Nancy Harris. Okay. I've had the opportunity. I've known Nancy for years. Okay. And I had the opportunity to work with her um, when she was Mayor Duluth. I was a council member. And we still have a wonderful relationship. I love the thing about Nancy is she's able to communicate a vision and sell people. Okay. Sell a city on it. So that's number one. Number two. You tell you, you hit the nail on the head. It's my mother. I have to. <laughs> you know, uh, thirty-six years of public service with the VA, uh, raised five children, just an all-around very smart, well-grounded person. Years of experience in uh, HR and healthcare administration. So I'm very fortunate that I can just pick up a phone and just have you know discussion. You'll be surprised at some of the family discussions we have at dinner time growing up. So that's definitely top three. And last but far from least, I definitely want to give a shout out to my seventh grade civics teacher, Miss Muhammad. Really? Yes. She was a very sharp, uh, 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 sharp person. And, you know, I, I wish I could maybe catch up with her uh, today because I think she'll be uh, surprised to see the path that I took. But, you know, civics was something that was very important to me. I, I enjoyed it as a kid. And she was definitely one of those teachers that helped bring it to life. Also, she was the teacher that I had um, going back to 2001 Mm -hmm. when the 9-11 attacks happened. So as you can imagine, as a seventh grader, there's all these questions you have about politics and the world and the events that are going on around us. Also, she was American Muslim. So it was 
a great person to help explain and put things in context for me. Okay. And I think those words that she shared with me, I, they just never left me. So, Miss Muhammad, if you're watching somewhere, <laughs> I definitely want to thank you as being um, one of the top women in my life that got me on the right path in life. Okay. So what advice do you have for residents interested in getting more involved in the local government? Because it sounds like Ms. Muhammad mm -hmm. kind of inspired you when you were in seventh grade. So what, what advice do you give for residents now? You know, reach out. You know, we're, I think this board is very open and very accessible group of people. I always try to be. So just please shoot me an email, reach out to my staff. And let's just have a phone conversation so I can better find out what your interest is and learn a little more about yourself and then find a way to get you involved in county government. But um, I definitely wish more people would take an interest in county and local government. That's my thing. Mm -hmm. So many people I've met over the course of life or through this job, their interest is all national. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's where the, the, yes, the action's right. at. Mm -hmm. But when you get involved in local government, you can really have a tangible effect on the way your community looks and functions. And we need sharp people. Like you say, when that has very educated, professional, um, passionate group of citizens here and we're lucky to have you and we need you to be involved in your county government. Absolutely. So this question may be too early since you are, you are a newer commissioner, but at the end of your term, whenever that is, mm -hmm. what do you hope will be one of your greatest accomplishments? What is one thing that you, you know, maybe you haven't worked on it yet, but that may be a path that you might, you know, want to be on and, and lead in, in some aspect. What do you hope to be one of your greatest accomplishments? Two things come to mind. I definitely want to make sure at the end of this four-year term that whatever condition we found the county in, or we, I found the county in in 2020, is that it is a open, welcoming place for all Guanesians, that everyone in our county feels safe, welcome, respected, and valued. And if I can do that by the end of 2024, I look at that as an accomplishment. The second issue, and I'm pretty sure y'all could guess this, but I want to make some significant inroads in the Gwinnett Place Mall area. Oh yeah, Whether it be planning, <laughs> funding, some kind of announcement, you know, I, it's totally doable. We can make inroads to improve that area. Okay. Before we end this episode, let's do some rapid fire questions. Right. So that means you just come on. It's, it's simple. Yeah. Okay. So what's your favorite thing to do in District 1? Uh, I like to enjoy the restaurants, the businesses in the area. What, any specific type? Any? Uh, hot pot, Korean barbecue, you know, that CID area, that's just a sea of diversity uh, on the border. I mean, what other place in Metro Atlanta can you go find a, uh, a Vietnamese hot pot, Korean barbecue, and Mexican food all within like 500 feet of each other? That's true. I do, <laughs> I do come over in District 1 to go out yeah. and eat dinner. Now, if a new restaurant needs your help, yes. and they need your help getting acclimated to Gwinnett, where is the first place you take them? I would honestly take them to the public library. That is a great place for them to just learn about Gwinnett, get a feel for community, and get involved. Now, what branch? I know we're still working on it, but when it's complete, I would love to take them to the new branch in downtown Duluth, which sits right across from our city hall. Okay. When you take some time off from work of a being a commissioner and being employed mm -hmm. elsewhere, what are you doing in your free time? 
Well, the pandemic's really kind of limited a lot of that. But, uh, you know, me and my significant other, we love to go outside and get physical activity. One of the things I've done since the pandemic is I bought a bike. Oh, really? So, yeah, I ride the Western Gwinnett Bikeway. Sometimes I drive over to Cobb, ride the Silver Comet Trail. That trail goes all the way to uh, Alabama. Yeah. So, you know, get outside, get physical activity. You know, because of the pandemic, I haven't had the opportunity to get in the gym like I used to uh, prior to COVID. But anytime I can get outside, uh, when weather permits, I enjoy it. Okay. What, if, if a resident wanted to get in contact with you, where would they get in? How can they get in contact with you? You know, any resident can reach out to me via my office. Uh, my assistant's name is Matt Blakely. He's okay. here full-time. I know this is a part-time role, but please reach out to him. You can always just shoot me an email at kirkland.carden at gwinnettcounty.com. Okay, cool. And those emails come directly to me. Sounds good. So thank you for joining us, Commissioner Carden. It's been great taking some time to learn more about you. And hopefully... Our listeners have learned something they didn't already know. I know I've learned something from listening to you. So to keep up with new podcast episodes, follow or subscribe on Spotify or visit the podcast section on GwinnettCounty.com. You can also watch the video version of the podcast on TV Gwinnett and Vimeo. And one more thing before I really finish, I promised um, you earlier, mm-hmm. Is are there some closing remarks you would like to make? Um, not at this time. Um okay. I guess I will say this. We do have an application process to be involved and serve on some of the different boards and authorities here in Gwinnett County. I'm accepting applications for a number of different boards that will open up over the course of the next four years. So if you've not done so already and you're a resident of Gwinnett County District 1 and you want to get involved, please uh, take time to fill out an application and reach out to me in my office. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Cardin. Until next time, and always remember, we are much better working together.